Welcome to the Psychology World Podcast. I'm Connor Whiteley, bringing you with psychology news, articles and other interesting psychology related articles. You where I can find the podcast notes and more interesting psychology related things and you can get your free 8 psychology book box set at connorwhiteley.net. Now let's get on to the show. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 70 of the Psychology World Podcast with me, Colin Wiley and today's episode is on how to tell if someone is lying. So, and it is Friday 15th of January 2021 as I record this, I almost said 2020 um, for a, a moment there. So I just wanted to reassure you that this is not a pop psychology episode, we're going to go into proper psychology, the hard facts, what the research shows, not the unscientific pop psychology stuff but i actually found this episode really really useful and i don't know in the future i might turn this into a very short book very well preserved areas where i might be able to expand upon and might be able to um to like research a bit more but it's just a thought so moving on to the psychology news section so there's only one article that i actually want to go through today um from the british psychological society research digest because they're still on their hiatus and um most of the articles in the email we've already like, looked at on the podcast so the one thing that i do want to look at is 10 surprising things babies can actually do so we're not going to go into all 10 because that would take way too long for this new section but there are some interesting ones <laughs> so the first one i thought was really interesting is babies can fake cry last year a japanese researcher captured on video an incident of a parent's um, distress by an 11 month old and the researcher i'm really sorry but i cannot pronounce that name filmed two babies in their homes for 60 minutes twice a month for each um for six months one baby could only ever cry after displaying negative emotion however on one occasion the other baby infant r was caught on camera laughing and smiling then crying suddenly and briefly then displaying positive emotion again so open quote Infant R appeared to cry deliberately to get her mother's attention, close quote. And then uh, she showed um, a smile immediately after her mother came closer. So I thought it was actually quite interesting because we all have this idea that babies can only cry when they need something and they can't fake cry. But I thought it was an amazing find in that babies can actually fake cry and babies are clever enough to actually sort, to actually like suss it out, which... I guess we always sort um, sort of knew, but it's always interesting to have um, data on it. Okay, so another really surprising one is babies have artistic tastes. Okay, so after nine-month-old babies had grown bored of looking at a Monet painting, I think Monet paintings are quite nice. I just wouldn't want to look at them constantly. Um, their interest was piped by the sight of a Picasso. However, the reverse wasn't true. After time looking at a Picasso, the babies... <laughs> The babies prefer to look more at Picasso than a new Monet. The researchers aren't sure why Picasso holds such a pill, but it may have to do with the greater luminescence of his paintings, which makes sense because we know from research that babies prefer new novel colours and also for the visual development, bright colours are also really important. So that I thought was... <laughs> God, this is actually really, really interesting. Okay, so am I... I might save this link and do a proper episode on it. I don't know. Well, but like, if you're interested, um, email me and then I'll see what I can do. Okay. So, oh, right. So this one's interesting. And this is the last one we do. Babies understand basic physics. 
Human infants appear to arrive with prior expectations about how the world works. Ah, oh, this actually ties to something that I was doing for developmental psychology third edition this week. Ah, oh, okay. Um, so back to so back to the article. Sorry. For example, a 2009 study found that five-year-olds, five-month-old, sorry, use basic cues to detect whether material is soft or liquid. And having done so, they form expectations about how these substances will behave, such as whether they will pour or tumble, or whether they will be penetrated by a straw. Open quote. These experiments begin to clarify the beginnings of naive physics, close quote, the researcher said. So again, something really interesting, and I don't know, it's just that I'm actually quite stunned by. And there's some great articles here, so I really encourage you to check it out. So this is um, the British Psychological Society Research Digest. 10 surprising things that babies can do. Really interesting, I really recommend it. So, but that's enough of the psychology news section. So let's move on to the personal update. So moving on to my personal update for this <laughs> for this week. So how much has actually happened? It's sort of been like it's sort of been like a case of what hasn't happened in in the like Whiteley household like this week because we had a COVID scare. We had quite a massive <laughs> COVID scare to be honest because tons of people turned up positive at my dad's work. So my dad had to self isolate, but because of how delayed one person's tests were. My dad has to stop and um, can stop self-isolating tomorrow. And then he had to go for a COVID test. Thankfully, he got negative, but it was an interesting time. So that was Tuesday. Yes, yeah, so that's happened. Or um, on a more positive note, despite all the chaos happening in the world, because it has been quite an interesting few weeks for the beginning of 2021, my books, well, my books, I will soon be coming available in hardback. So I'm very, very pleased with it because I love hardback books and I'm really, yes, and on my podcast for authors, I was talking that I really want to get into um, hardbacks like this year because hardbacks are great for non-fiction and personally, I always prefer non-fiction hardbacks. I'm really like, looking forward to that. Um, and then I've also been up to a few other like weird bits like yesterday, of all the things to do with <laughs> to do with my time, I decided to make some paper. <laughs> so what I and I use and I made paper for my um, recycled paper. So I'm not going to go into it too much because I'm sure you guys couldn't care less about how to make paper. But I made it for a new Kickstarter I'm going to be doing in March so that I thought was actually quite interesting because the paper actually turned out really good. And I refer to call it as upcycling because I was using old notes for um, one of my fiction series and to make a new uh, paper from it. So I thought it was really, really interesting. So I've been up to a few things, but on to the more interesting psychology bits. Um, so next week is the start of the university term again. And I've got some interesting lectures, so that should be um, interesting. But this week, the main focus has been updating um, by... Um, biological psychology and developmental psychology so biological psychology that took me a few days but that's done but that's done but developmental psychology third edition because it's such a massive update that i because the second edition that's about eighteen thousand words this book will most probably be over thirty thousand maybe over thirty two thousand so that I'm going to put on um, hiatus for a little bit, but just a few days there because I've got some other projects that need to be done sooner rather than later. And I've also been up to tons of other stuff like this um, week, but this is a psychology podcast, so I don't really want to go into like the short stories, the courses I've been doing, and uh, some other bits of like, writing like, bits and pieces. So as always, I always like, love to know your thoughts and feelings on today's episode. 
So you can always email me, conwiley, conwiley.net. You can always tweet me on Twitter at SciFiWiley. And you can always leave a comment on the show notes at conwiley.net. And today's episode has been sponsored by my forensic psychology book. Originally, it was going to be sponsored by something else, but I thought because this is to do with lying and deception... I thought Forensic Psychology would be a very appropriate title. So Forensic Psychology book, it is my highest selling title. It's one of my best reviewed books because people find it so useful. They find it really easy to understand about how Forensic Psychology actually works because it's a lot more than profiling. In fact, profiling has nothing to do with Forensic Psychology really. really yeah, but like really, and that people love it because it goes into depth for um, about the criminal justice system, what actually works to help criminals and the different treatment options for like sex offenders um, and normal criminals. So it goes into so much detail. It, it touches so many different areas about forensic psychology that I really, really recommend it. So many people have, have brought it. So I really like recommend that you pick up a copy if you're interested in forensic psychology. So that is a forensic psychology available in ebook on all major ebook platforms. It's also available in audiobook and print available from your local bookstore and all major audiobook retailers. And you can get the ebook, audiobook, and the paperback free at your local library if you request it. And you can also buy the ebook directly from me if you want to want. And this allows me to get more money of the sale at payhip.com forward slash con whiteley. So that's now for the personal update. Let's move on to the content part of today's episode. So we're moving on to the content part of today's episode. So we're going to be talking about how to tell if someone is lying. And I know I don't usually do these pop psychology episodes or these sort of episodes, which is where like wider society tends to like let their imagination like run wild. But I thought this would be a really, really good episode today. And I actually quite enjoyed it, like learning about it. So how to tell if someone is lying? So in psychology itself and in wider society, this is very popular. Tons of people want to know how to be able to tell if others are lying to us so in psychology itself the scientific literature and yes i really want to emphasize the scientific literature bit deception and lie and lie detection is massive because there's been tons of research into it but sadly the same is true for the unscientific popular literature and popular is in air quotes (laughs) yes because this is when terms like pop psychology come into it so, for example, there are thousands of books that have been written by former professionals and so-called experts that say X and Y is how you tell people a line and this works for everyone. And there are also courses, courses too on the internet and there's so much weird information and I actually wanted to put disinformation but I thought that might be a bit harsh out there for people to buy and sometimes, and sometimes people pay thousands and thousands of dollars for these courses which I thought was quite horrific. But in reality, there is no one way or sign to learn how someone to learn that someone is lying. Because the main reason for this is that because we are all individuals, there are so many individual differences between us all. So like some of the stereotypical ways that people think that we're lying is through stuff like laughter, avoid avoiding eye contact, a rise in body temperature, and so on. And also known as we start sweating. But in reality, not everyone laughs when they lie. Not everyone avoids eye contact when they're lying. So there are so many ind- individual differences that it is really hard to tell if someone's lying. Because like someone like might laugh or smile when they're telling the truth, but you think they might be lying when they're not. 
But in other words, everyone has their own little tail when they're lying. Some of these are common, some are not, some are extremely rare. So the overall consensus in psychology is that psychology research has shown humans are very bad at telling if others are lying and finding deception. Also, research shows that this is mainly down to two biases, and these I thought were actually quite interesting because of what this research did was they studied the public and professionals, and these professionals are people whose job it is to find out if people are lying and to hunt the truth, <laughs> if I want to get a bit more like creative. And the public were found to have a truth bias because, let's face it, in everyday conversation and everyday social interaction, we don't expect people to be lied to we don't expect people to lie to us and we don't have to and hopefully we don't ha have to expect to have to find out the truth meaning that we don't don't which results in this a truth bias where we just think that oh we're not being lied to etc unless it's obvious whereas the professionals have a lie bias which is when they're constantly seeking out lies in everyday interaction and they expect people to lie to them which um, we're not even going to get into the um, relationship difficulties that might occur because, because of that. Okay, but thankfully though, and the entire point of today's episode is that there are ways to tell if someone is lying. So despite the literature making for pretty grim reading actually, um, in case, yes, but like in our case you want to know if someone is lying, research has actually shown there are several effective questioning approaches that someone can take if someone is lying so personally i don't know if you would use this in everyday life if you're an interrogator or i don't know or if you want to question somewhere then yes i think this is very useful but in terms of everyday life i don't think these approaches are as quite as useful so there's a quite a few so i'm just going to run through them so first of all is ask the right sort of questions and with words being the main character carriers of deception and deceptions require more of a cognitive effort, you need to ask open questions that elicit as many words as possible. The more words that someone says, the higher chance of their deception is that they'll make every question count. So when you want to find out if someone is lying, you don't ask them simple questions just because you can, nor do you ask them questions just to fill with the silence. Instead, you need to ask questions that move you towards your goal, and this is to find out whether or not the person is lying to you. Listen, don't talk. And this is such a critical point, I think, because our questioners need to say as little as possible during a questioning, because this allows them to listen, think, and understand the responses that are being given, and that just so they can come up with the next question, and just so they can start to get at the truth. And being tactical is really important here because this does seem like common sense because, of course, if you want to find out that someone's lying, just be tactical. But that's a bit ambiguous by itself. So it does raise the question of how do you be tactical when you're questioning someone? So if you know objective facts like what actually happened, then question that person on each factor because, and yes, this might seem like a waste of time, but it's actually really important because this will allow you to know if the person is generally being truthful or not, and that you'll know if they're lying or bending the truth. Truth or lie, meaning like when you ask questions that you don't know the answer to, you will know how they behave. And it's really important that the person you're questioning doesn't know that you know the objective facts that you're asking about them. Then another one is a switch in timings. Personally, I actually really like at this point because I definitely understand it and it's very useful. So during a questioning session, it can be very useful to switch between the past, present and future. 
attempts or intentions since this is <laughs> since this is often really mentally demanding for lies uh, meaning that over time the lies will relieve will reveal their deception because they will make errors contradict themselves or they will contradict the facts that you know just two more inquire and converse not aggressive so this is quite common sense to some extent because i think that if you watch like crime dramas like me i mean, i actually watch quite a few then you know that the classic interrogation scene which where the questioner shouts and screams at the person then the person who's been interrogated suddenly reveals all is false we can sort of guess that that's not how the real world works when in a reality if you were questioned somewhere this is an example of a complex social situation where both companies aren't exactly comfortable if you're being interrogated you're not really going to be that comfortable if you're questioning someone you probably aren't going to be that comfortable either so with this social interaction will often be more pleasant and far far more productive if the person asking the questions can engage with with the person in an information gathering manner instead of being aggressive formal and accusatory completely butchered that pronunciation and i think that this can actually apply to psychology research because it's like when we're interviewing people for qualitative research or like what we know that it's best to be polite engage and build up a rapport with the person who we're interviewing and i think it's quite like that so the final point is ask clarification questions so these are questions like in interviews that we conduct in a psychology where these types of questions that get the person being questioned to explain previous answers in more detail and for lies this is really difficult because they struggle with detail and there might be inconsistencies in their recapping or repeating of details meaning you just revealed their deception and you've just done a brilliant job okay so overall, because I know that this was actually quite a lot. So overall, yes, there are psychology techniques that are very useful and very good. Spotting lies is a great challenge. It's still really difficult. But but a real world researcher has shown our abilities to spot lies can significantly improve when these approaches are put together and used systematically when people are answering questions. So I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode. I hope that you got something out of it. And as always, I always love to know your thoughts and feelings on like today's episode. So like, please check out Forensic Psychology. And if you know someone who would enjoy the podcast, then please tell them, tell them about it. So have a great day, everyone. I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to see the show notes, then please go to connorwhitely.net. And if you want a free Ada book psychology box set, then please go to connorwhitely.net. Have a great day and I'll see you next time.